Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. District of Conservation is sponsored by Real Camo Girl. It's a lifestyle brand focused on ladies who love the great outdoors. Through the website and social media platforms, they offer a safe space where the ladies can share their pictures, stories, wild game, and fish recipes, and news articles about conservation and hunting perspectives. I've served as a pro staffer of theirs since September 2016. It's been two years, and I've learned it's a network of women who love fishing, hunting, and the outdoors in general. Women come from all sorts of backgrounds, experience levels, and regions throughout the United States, it's a welcoming environment, and should you choose to be involved, especially if you're a lady, you will really enjoy it. So be sure to check out Real Camo Girl at www.realcamogirl.com and follow them across social media. Welcome to a election day edition of District of Conservation. I know I have sworn off being explicitly political, but I figured for the midterm election... I could get a little wee bit political on you guys today, but I promise you it's going to be a fun chat just because hunters and anglers do vote, as do gun owners. So I'm going to dive deep into some interesting, interesting stuff today. There's actually a lot of news in politics related to conservation and hunting. I'm going to go briefly into that and what that that entails and what voters are going to be deciding at in the ballot box today as of this recording. And it'll be interesting. First and foremost, should you just vote for one issue? Should hunters and anglers be concerned about voting for one issue? Can they simply base their vote off of, let's say, an issue like public lands? Could you still stick in that binary choice voting for one party versus the other? I'm going to explore that in the first point today. I'm not here to tell you how to vote on Election Day. I hope you do. However, make well-informed decisions and know who you're voting for. In years prior, I could give you a more definitive prediction of how elections and races would go, but since 2016, the methodology for polling has certainly changed. The traditional pollsters haven't been accurate with respect to election outcomes, and the polling is a bit unpredictable. It can go one way or another, and it is my hope that more pro-Second Amendment, pro-hunting, and pro-fishing politicians, especially those who are Republican, maintain control of the House and also widen their control of the Senate. You're free to disagree with me on this conclusion, but that's just how I feel. You may see it differently, and that's okay. I welcome people who don't agree with me on that, but I have seen some of my peers in the outdoor industry saying that we should support candidate based on issues, especially just issues on public lands access and advancing the sportsman's life. I am not sure you can simply base your vote for public lands access and advocacy for federal or even statewide races solely on that issue. Locally, it may be a different story, especially if there are municipal races or local ordinance that specifically advocate for expanding or perhaps would subtract from that access. But for example, I do see a little bit in Florida with the red tide issue and the toxic algae bloom that could cause people to break away from political orthodoxy more beyond that binary choice 
Uh, though I believe gubernatorial candidate and Republican Ron DeSantis does have a bit more momentum in his favor, especially since he's taken an aggressive stance against Big Sugar and has shown an eagerness to repair the situation around Lake Okeechobee. Alternatively, I see that Tallahassee Mayor Andrew Gillum claims to have the support and backing from environmentalist groups, but during the primary, it was very uncertain whether or not he did support the interests of Everglades-related groups, and he does, according to friends I've spoken with, have some very questionable ties to developers. I'm not going to go so much into his very kind of extreme political views. That's pretty out there. But I think with respect to conservation, hunting, gun issues, Ron DeSantis would be preferable to him. However, that's one big exception. Elsewhere, perhaps public lands issues could sway maybe in the Western states, but having worked in politics, I have not seen this as an issue that does sway control for the U.S. Senate or whether or not certain House of Representatives seats will go in a way that hasn't been proven yet. And I understand there's there are groups out there trying to make the case that that's how people should base their vote. While that is a great gesture, it's not practical. I just don't see how many Republican hunters and gun owners in good conscience could vote Democrat just because they support public lands. That's not something you will see or have seen. It's If it does exist, it's very minuscule. They aren't usually single issue voters unless they're voting for candidates who are explicitly pro-gun rights. I don't alternatively see a Democrat voting Republican unless they're perhaps an NRA member who breaks away from party orthodoxy, which does happen. And while the issue of public lands is very important, let's be realistic. It's not a wedge issue like abortion or immigration, at least not yet. What you see in terms of polling uh, right now, it's not a top issue that could sway voters to turn out in the midterm cycle, largely because there's a lot of confusion surrounding the issue or I hate to break it to you. There are other issues that are more pressing. People care about health care. They care about immigration. They care about economy. And that's just the nature of politics today. Keep in mind, I'm a conservative Republican who typically votes along party lines, not because I'm a lemming, but I just agree with the platform 90% on average. And for those who are Democrat listeners, it's just I can't in good conscience vote Democrat, even if they have some issues or, or policy platforms that I agree with on conservation. They just don't scream to me pro-hunting, pro-fishing, pro-Second Amendment. While they do in Congress occasionally vote for critical infrastructure bills that supersede partisan politics like this water bill that just was voted on and signed into law by the president, and some do support amending the Pittman-Robertson Act to increase recruitment efforts like some did, an overwhelming large number did, here in Virginia, you don't really see that. And nationally, I can't see myself turning the lever for that party because they're their financial backing is overwhelmingly from those who oppose hunting and those who are for gun control. And I'm a generalist. I think most hunters, anglers, and other owners feel the same way they're generalists. They just aren't swayed that way just by public lands access. And maybe in the future, that'll be a decisive issue. But currently, as politics stands today, that's not going to sway people. And maybe that may be a little fraction of what compels them to vote. But again, Public lands access is not going to sway unless if it's more state or municipal based. And with respect to Virginia, I haven't really been able to deduce who would be better. Honestly, it's been a clown show and it's going to stay in control of Tim Kaine. He's going to maintain control of that seat. I think the Republican who should have won 
who would have been a more formidable challenger to Tim Kaine, the former vice presidential candidate who ran with Hillary Clinton because Freitas is very good on gun rights and conservation for hunting and fishing. And in my congressional district, which is Virginia's eighth congressional district, both candidates, the incumbent Democrat and the so-called Republican, are not pro-hunting or pro-gun rights. Elsewhere in Virginia, however, I'm a bit more confident that the other congressional districts of which seven Republicans maintain control of the 11 total seats, I think it's a little more optimistic. And there are pro-Second Amendment, pro-hunting, pro-conservation lawmakers to vote for, like Congressman Dave Bratt, who will likely, hopefully, retain his uh, seat in Virginia's 7th district. I also hope that political newcomer Denver Riggleman, whose family makes very fine whiskey uh, with Silverback Distillery wins the Virginia 5th Congressional District to replace incumbent Tom Garrett, who had to leave due to personal reasons. I think Riggleman is going to get that seat and, and may keep that control in Republican hands. And just in Virginia, if you go against hunting and guns here primarily and overwhelmingly, you're going to commit political suicide. But I just kind of see that. The Senate race, I don't think we're going to have someone represent our interests Congressional seats, you will see that. Locally, in city council races, uh, Alexandria is a little bit wayward. But that's kind of my election take, and you're free to disagree with me. You can chime in and tell me if I'm wrong, whether or not public lands access will sway. But again, given polling and indicators out there, uh, that's just not going to sway the election today, I don't think. Unless you're in Florida, where the toxic algae issue is taking a big, big influence. The second important issue related to politics in the election today is that story out of North Dakota. Did you guys see that stunt that the Democrat Party of North Dakota pulled against hunters? The state party, which calls itself the North Dakota Democratic Nonpartisan League Party, created a Facebook page last week called Hunter Alerts to scare off hunters from voting in general, especially from voting Republican or for voting for Senator Heidi Heitkamp's challenger, who is slated to win because the intention is to suggest that resident North Dakota hunters could lose their out-of-state hunting license privileges if they vote or have voted today. That really doesn't make any sense. So here's what the ad reads. It says, by voting in North Dakota, you could forfeit your hunting licenses. Forfeit your hunting licenses. Preposterous. It goes on to say, you must be a resident of North Dakota to vote here. And if you are a resident of North Dakota, you may lose your hunting licenses you have in other states. If you want to keep your out-of-state hunting licenses, you may not want to vote in North Dakota's 2018 election. I don't know anyone, Republican or Democrat, Libertarian or whoever, could believe this claim coming from this state party. And this has caught a lot of flack and fueled a lot of uh, resentment towards Hyde Camp and state Democrats, which is not surprising and it should happen. And you see this backfiring and it isn't helping in this race. One of the vice presidents of the Sportsman's Alliance, Bruce Tagg, commented and participated in the AP fact check, which was posted in the Washington Post about this issue. And this article reads, nearly every state in the United States offers out-of-state residents a hunting license. North Dakota residents can obtain non-resident hunting licenses in other states regardless of whether they vote. All states that border North Dakota offer such a license for non-residents. So Bruce is quoted as saying, there's no such law like that preventing hunters the right to vote. And Bruce serves as the vice president of government affairs for Sportsman's Alliance, it should be noted. And what the fact check article went on to say, typically states charge more for non-resident hunting licenses 
rather than resident permits. That makes sense because if you're coming from out of states, they just the methodology and and the the inspiration behind funding is a lot higher. It makes sense because you're traveling and they have certain things figured out that way. But you cannot lose your right to hunt if you simply vote, especially vote against Heidi Heitkamp. This is a silly manipulative ad to discourage hunters who may vote Republican from voting. And I think even sensible Democrats will find this ad to be tacky too. You don't do this. Like this completely misconstrues current laws with respect to wildlife conservation. You're not going to lose your license if you vote. There's no such ordinance or precedent establishing that. So I think North Dakota voters are going to vote overwhelmingly for the Republican in that race, Kevin Kramer, who's a current congressman, because as polling shows, he is leading 11.4 points ahead of Heitkamp. It could be a closer race later this evening. We'll find out what the election results will bear and forecast for that. But this is a ridiculous attempt for voter manipulation. And not surprisingly, hunters are going to know better and won't be trapped into deceptive tactics like this. The third and final issue election related I want to discuss that relates to hunters and anglers is for those out of North Carolina. So you guys may have heard earlier this year that a ballot measure was approved by North Carolina's state legislature to allow voters to decide by ballot measure whether or not to affirm the right to hunt and fish. Did you know that states, actually a good chunk of states, have a right to hunt and fish amendment attached to their state constitution? If you did not know that, that is something I hope you take away from this discussion I'm going to be having on the podcast. And as of June of this year, 21 states had constitutional provisions safeguarding the right to hunt, fish, and harvest wildlife in a legal manner. Ballotpedia, I should say, and other election tracking sources have also noted that California and Rhode Island boast constitutional amendments guaranteeing the right to fish, but do not offer that same protection, that same constitutional protection for the right to hunt. And in Florida and New Hampshire, there are currently statutes in place affirming the right to hunt and fish, but no such constitutional amendment in their state constitutions affirm such. And these types of Amendments are are supported by groups like Congressional Sportsmen's Foundation, National Rifle Association, and other hunting groups out there because they believe that the right to hunt and fish should be safeguarded. In North Carolina itself, this has been a very divisive, debated issue, and I think there are many great arguments in support of this amendment. And I'm going to list two op-eds, one in favor of the amendment, one against Uh, for this ballot initiative, and here's how they read. So the first op-ed I'm reading from the News and Observer, which is a major publication out of North Carolina, is from Kathy Wright, who is a volunteer frontlines activist leader for the National Rifle Association's Institute for Legislative Action, and she wrote a piece titled, We Need to Protect Our Right to NC to Hunt and Fish. And she explained why this ballot measure should be voted in to preserve the outdoor way of life. And she writes, If we do not show our support for the right to hunt and fish or for the right to hunt and fish amendment to the state constitution, we could lose these long held traditions Four years. Extremist animal rights groups have been chipping away at these rights. California banned mountain lion hunting in the 1990s, Michigan banned dove hunting in the two thousands. And just this year, New Jersey's governor banned bear hunting every election year. There are proposed hunting bans in States across the country. 
dot, dot, dot. And I'm reading uh, the last sentence because I didn't want to include everything. I want you guys to read this op-ed and I'll include it. Voting to support the Right to Hunt and Fish Amendment will ensure families can continue to create these memories for generations to come. And I believe she's dead on. The editorial board for the News and Observer, however, has come out boldly against this ballot measure. Not surprising. They describe it as a political ploy to, quote unquote, bring more rural Republicans to the polls. What? If you guys have studied this issue this issue closely, and I have taken a look at who supports and, and the process that goes into this, this amendment actually gets pretty overwhelming bipartisan support in state legislatures. You get both Democrats and Republicans to support these state amendments. You're going to see more Republicans come out and support this, but you will get Democrats to equally support it. The editorial opinion also added that there is no threat to the right to hunt and fish and harvest wildlife in North Dakota. That right is already embedded in the state's culture and broadly recognized even by activists committed to the protection of animals. What hunter is not committed to conserve animal species and wildlife species? Another talking point that they use to justify their opposition, not surprisingly, is that Republican state legislatures want to, quote unquote, please the NRA, end quote, because they back it. They add that the amendment is about shooting down environmental laws and regulations, quote unquote. Really? I have a few points of contention for these last points made against this amendment. First and foremost, North Carolina hunters pay close attention to what happens in other states. I pay attention to what happens in Virginia, and we see individuals, for example, scoffing at what is controversial but shouldn't be controversial, let's say managed bear hunts, which is widely accepted in our state and by our wildlife agency. North Carolina has a very big population of black bears, and if, let's say, this so-called amendment is not enacted, you're going to have animal rights activists try to take away these so-called contentious managed bear hunts too in their state as well. Second point I want to make is, so what if the ballot measure has the support from the NRA? It has support from the Congressional Sportsmen's Foundation too, who is made, which is made up of a bipartisan coalition of Democrat and Republican lawmakers. Everyone continues to make out, and this editorial board has been making out the NRA as some sort of boogeyman that is evil, its members perpetrate crimes, and that's not true, and that they don't do much for hunting, which is preposterous. The NRA is a pro-hunting organization, period. They don't pay me to say this. I don't want to be paid to say this, but if you're a member like I am, you see that they do overwhelmingly support hunting. If you get their membership and you subscribe to American Hunter magazine, you'll see very closely that they do support and advocate for hunting. In fact, Several of their conferences and outdoor shows each year, namely annual meetings and the Great American Outdoor Show in Pennsylvania, always show the hunting dynamic. And third, the point about what this, this amendment will erode environmental laws, that again is very preposterous. I don't know any hunter or angler that is wholly opposed to basic environmental laws, laws currently in the books. When environmental law supersedes rights to hunt and fish, that's where you're going to get a lot of hunters and anglers mad. This is preservation. Preservationist policies are unsustainable, and they only please anti-hunters who can be hypocritical about conservation in the environment as well. Nobody wants clean air or, or clean water to be undermined. We support careful application and enforcement of basic laws. We just don't want to have extreme environmentalist policies deprive people of their livelihoods just to please extreme animal rights advocates who don't want you to hunt and who arguably don't want you to fish. Have you seen PETA's campaigns to discourage people from fishing too? This type of measure, the opposition to it, 
is, if it were to be defeated, would heavily please the Humane Society, PETA, the Environmental Defense Fund, and other extreme groups that don't support hunting. So I hope North Carolina voters vote this amendment in, and I think you guys would be supportive of them voting it in too. That was probably the most political episode I will plan to have on District of Conservation, but I'm very impassioned about politics, and when I see something that is not accurate or that is construed to be extreme, I want to offer some clarifying points. But I think I made my points very clear with respect to policies that affect hunters and anglers, the voting habits of such, and chime in. I want to hear your thoughts. If you liked it, disagreed, found some contention. If you liked this episode or found it to be interesting, make sure you follow us across social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and be sure to leave us a comment, a review, subscribe to us across different podcasting portals. We're across iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and you can find us centrally on anchor.fm. Thank you for listening and be sure to check out more episodes coming your way every Tuesday.